It's time for Conversations with Krause from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro. Dr. Bill Krause on the air. Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS. Mr. Baseman. Good morning, friends. How are you doing? Beginning with this uh, program, we're going to be having a special emphasis on the optimism of the future. Certainly, all of us have gone through a lot with COVID-19 and the economy having problems and riots last summer and so forth. So each program, we're going to be having a special emphasis on the optimism. And I couldn't think of a better guest to start this off than Megan Filippi, who is the president and chief executive officer of United Way for both Rutherford and Cannon Counties. Megan, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. I always like to start a guest out with, tell us about yourself, where you were born, where you went to school, and the pathway that got you to this very key and influential position in Rutherford County as the president and CEO of United Way. Sure. So I am one of the few here in our community, meaning that I was actually born and raised here in Murfreesboro and attended MTSU for my um, undergraduate program. Um, and had an opportunity to continue my education there in a graduate program and worked in the Office of Leadership and Service as a graduate assistant. Um, from there, I spent a little time working in Nashville with the Musicians Hall of Fame and, and Museum. And about 12 years ago, I had the opportunity to um, come back working in Murfreesboro at United Way in a fundraising role. And from there, I've had um, increasing levels of responsibility until um, serving in the, the president and CEO role since 2013. I had not realized it's been almost eight years. Wow. You are, yes. you have some seniority among your professional <laughs> uh, colleagues, I can see. Megan, of course, United Way is in the front lines of dealing with issues and problems and certainly some of the underbelly of a community such as we live in and we work in. Uh, what's your optimism based upon what you've experienced these last 14, 15 months and what you see the immediate future uh, from your perspective? Sure. So I think about a year ago um, and from then until probably summer, you know, admittedly, it was, it was probably hard to be optimistic um, with just the, the degree of uncertainty and um, unprecedented environment that we were living in. But I will say that since then in the past year, I have felt very encouraged um, just in our our interactions with um, partners who are working on the front lines, the donors and the volunteers that we work with, um, and through our, our board of directors at United Way. So I think one thing that we've all um, experienced with this pandemic is learning how to be flexible Um having been disrupted from our our day-to-day -day norms and understanding um, how to adapt to change and to be innovative with um, how we conduct business. Um, since many of us were not able to conduct business as usual um, for the better part of the last year. So I think or I hope that on the other end of of this pandemic that our community and our organizations and the residents that um, 
are here will come out on the, the other side stronger um, for this experience. I always love to ask this question at this time. We always talk about the norm prior the, to the pandemic. Uh, do you see a new norm? Do you see people, once this is all behind us, uh, retaining uh, habits? Do you see people wanting to continue working at home rather than at the workplace? Do you see people taking a little greater emphasis on social distancing, regardless of what the status is of COVID-19? Do you see us reverting back to the norm, or do you see us with a new norm as a result of this experience the last 14 months? I would see us absolutely having a new norm, um, whether that is directly related to safety precautions from the pandemic, the social distancing, um, or using the hand sanitizer more often, um, but also just in the way that we interact and work. Um, I would say, you know, certainly the virtual space will continue to be used. I know many people um, want to return to in-person events or interaction as soon as possible, and we know that that's just, um, as a human, you know, you've got to have that personal interaction with other human beings. But I do think in many cases with the virtual space, we've been able to be possibly more efficient um, with meetings and things of that nature that I would anticipate would continue on after the, the pandemic settles down. So hopefully we'll find ourselves um, maybe being even more productive um, and efficient in our, our workplaces. But I absolutely think that um, there will be a new normal. And I think when you think about other major incidents, um, that have happened in our history, whether it be the Great Depression or 9-11 um, or whatever that may be, you, you saw a little bit of a new normal in respect to those um, those incidents that, that happened. Excellent observation. And related to that, since United Way is certainly on the front lines of so many, many different issues and areas, uh, how would you measure the emotional health of the area based upon what we've gone through and is responding to the emotional health, a significant uh, plank in the uh, boardwalk of United Way? So the emotional and, and mental health aspect, I believe the pandemic has really taken a toll. Um, when you think about, you know, people losing jobs or maybe um, loved ones to the pandemic, um, obviously, you think about mental health associated with that. Um, there's been a lot of stress for most people that, you know, dealing with the uncertainty and the unprecedented nature in which we've, we've been living. One of the things that we had really been monitoring when um, we established our COVID-19 fund was our 211 information and referral system. And so while these calls are, are confidential and, and anyone could call at any time and it's just as simple as dialing 211 to be connected with services in Middle Tennessee, um, while it is confidential, we are able to see the types of calls that come in. They're classified and so we see data reports. And we did notice that there was an increase in calls related to mental health. So when we began the process of awarding COVID-19 fund dollars, mental health was an area that we um, made sure that we applied some of that funding. You know, you think about 
people needing uh, utility assistance, so maybe rent, mortgage assistance, and food. Um, but mental health was also right up there um, on the top of that list for us when we consider our priorities for funding through the pandemic. I know United Way is always one step ahead in new advocacies and new programs and new uh, incentives. Uh, what areas of new programming or reach outs uh, are you currently uh, practicing and currently seeking? Are there some new innovations that you are pursuing this uh, year? So just just before the pandemic started, we had actually um, been going through some fundamental changes in our United Way that um, we felt like would ultimately allow us to have a stronger impact on the community. And this involved a process of setting some 10-year community-level goals. And so we, we really sought a lot of input from the community, from local agencies, from community leaders as we determined what this might look like. And as it came down to it, we identified six um, community-level, population-level goals that we um, want to devote resources in our organization to over the next 10 years, one of which is mental health. Um, which was increasingly an issue even before the pandemic. The other was early childhood success, substance abuse, housing affordability, um, nutrition, and physical health as it relates to obesity. And then something that we call ALICE, which is your asset-limited, income-constrained, and employed population. So those individuals who are employed but who are not earning enough wages to um, afford the cost of living in our community. And so this really is going to be our focus um, for the better part of the next decade, and we've really begun designing the functions of our organization around this because we feel like these are, from all the feedback that we received and all the data that we um vetted these are the top issues for this community and so we have really began just making sure that all of our program our services our activities um, align with these six goals which we have called the bold goals 2030. Um, so for us it was more so about um, ensuring that we have a long-term um, deeper impact instead of being a mile wide and an inch deep. Excellent. Uh, April 1st, if my memory serves me right, should be a very important date because uh, the official results of the 2020 census should be announced by then. And uh, having worked on the census committee for a year and a half, I can certainly recall that uh, the population projections for Rutherford County uh, should be significant, should be very significant. I know both the leaders of the cities within the county as well as the county government itself were projecting some pretty high figures have you had any indication yet of a population surge that will certainly have a direct impact on united way yeah that's a great question and u.s um census bureau data is actually um, one of the data points that we use in the bold goals 2030 work and that i anticipate we will continue to use um Anecdotally, we've definitely become aware of the increase of population here, especially in Rutherford County. 
Um, I have not seen any official indication of, of what that may look like from the most recent census, but um, I'm definitely interested to see what that could look like. How do you see the area of the cost of housing uh, exceeding the ability to afford housing within Rutherford County? Rutherford County is the first entree from Davidson County where housing costs uh, accentuated by high taxes has pushed the population southeast. So do you see housing as one of the significant problems uh, faced in Rutherford County and the need to be able to provide affordable housing for those uh, citizens who are in the community? Yes, I absolutely think the housing affordability is an issue and it is one of the, the goals that we've identified within the Bold Goals 2030. I think there's a, a two-prong approach to addressing the housing issue. Um, the first of which is inventory. So, um, you know, having the availability of units um, for families who, for example, may be in that Alice population um, and being able to ensure that their um, housing expenses are, are, you know, the recommended 30% or less of um, their income. I think the other approach to that, which, um, you know, is potentially a little bit of a longer term um, approach is ensuring that um, individuals and families have the, um, the training, the resources and the education to um, become more financially stable. And an example of that that, that we're um, employing at United Way is we have, um, this is actually the 10th year that we're offering uh, the VITA program, which stands for Volunteer um, Income Tax Assistance. And so we have a, a team of trained volunteers who are certified by the IRS to assist with um, filing taxes for those families. Um, I believe it's 67000 his, his household income is 67000 or less. And um, we have added a layer to um, this program um, as those families um, are taking advantage of this service, um, which is a free service, that they can indicate if they have certain goals that they would like to pursue, such as um, maybe a, a certification that would allow them to become more marketable um, in the workplace or some type of um, post-secondary education, or maybe it's um, they want to be a, a, home, a homeowner, um, or maybe they want to decrease um, their debt or improve their credit. And so as they um, indicate these goals, we're actually able to um, put these clients in touch with those agencies that can best fit um, the need for the goals that they have indicated. So, you know, one of, um, one of those uh, prongs, like I said, is, is ensuring that um, individuals and families have access and the knowledge to the resources and tools to help them become more financially stable um, and increase their earnings. We always like to give this announcement because I'm not sure how many people have actually picked it up this last week that the uh, Internal Revenue Service has extended the day of filing for income tax from its traditional April 15th to May 15th uh, to give an extra 30 days. So I think that becomes an extremely important thing to remember. Our final question, if you had a magic wand, Megan, if you had a magic wand to make things, I can't say perfect because we can't make things perfect, 
but to make things the ideal dream of uh, Megan uh, in the next five years, what would it be through United Way? So, obviously, it would be making some substantial progress on those bold goals. So, we would want to see more children entering kindergarten being prepared. We have a goal to increase that number by 25% over the next 10 years. It would be a decrease in the number of um, deaths related to substance abuse. It would be an improvement in um, mental health for residents in our community. Um, it would be an improvement in the physical health of our community members. Um, and then, of course, being in being able to um, improve that Alice population in terms of those who are living um, below that threshold. We want to, to see that figure improve. And a lot of that has to go with the housing affordability um, and ensuring that we've have, we have housing addressed first. Um, so in a summary, we want to see some, some pretty strong progress against those goals. One of the most important things to mention about Megan and United Way is the phenomenal team she has assembled. The team of staff, as well as volunteers, all who are working as major advocates of the various programs that Megan has defined and described uh, through this uh, visit. Uh, I want to compliment you, and I think Megan is our first of many that we're going to have as the inspiration, the vision, the hope, and the dream of the future of Rutherford County, a community uh, that certainly will respond well to uh, post-COVID-19 and the economic downturn, et cetera. So thank you so very, very much for sharing not only your time with us, Megan, but your experience, your insight, and most importantly, your passion for excellence. Uh, we salute you, and we have thoroughly enjoyed visiting with you this morning. Give it back to the main station. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to Conversations with Krause, Dr. Bill Krause, and today's guest, Megan Flippin. If you missed any part of the program, be sure to check the podcast section under Rutherford Issues for the show. You can also listen to audio anywhere that you take in audio, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. You can listen back to all of our local shows right there. Join me, America's career coach Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do.